All right. Episode 520 of the show. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Listen, uh, the Yankees take two out of three against the Cleveland Indians, Guardians, um, at Madison Square, at Yankee Stadium. If you want me to be positive this episode, if you're expecting an optimistic episode because they took a couple games from an under 500 team in a terrible division, I'm not going to be. So you could probably, if you're, you know, triggered easily by some harsh criticism, probably... Um, you know, be selective with the timestamps below because there are some good things we're going to talk about. But, I, you know, this isn't going to be a happy, happy episode because the Yankees, you know, I look at the big picture a lot and, um, you know, I expect a lot because this is the New York Yankees. But we're going to talk here anyways, episode 520 of the show, Yankees take two from Cleveland. Let's get into it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Time! Penetrates, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. Yankees win! All right, let's talk episode 520 of the podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 520 of BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Now, again, if you are here and expecting optimism because the Yanks took two out of three, I am very sorry. That's not what this show is going to be about. Um, but I'll give you time to, to you know, relax. And we'll, talk, we'll, we'll go over briefly the uh, three games this series and then we'll get into our talking points um so you know feel free to use the timestamps in the description to this episode or video wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast on but on monday was it monday i don't remember anymore game one of the series against the did i did have i kept saying did i say rangers who did they take? They take Cleveland. Did we just? Who did we even just beat? <laughs> we beat Cleveland. Yes. I, okay, I did say Cleveland. For some reason, I thought I was saying Texas. Um, the Yankees beat the Indians, the the Guardians, uh, two out of three. But they lose the first game. Sorry, I'm all over the place. They lose to the Cleveland uh, Guardians. <laughs> Christ, I've been pretty good with that. Um, three two in the first game. They drop it. Domingo versus Quantrill. In the bottom of the third of the first game, you had Jose Trevino going deep. He hits a home run. DJ LeMayu singles in a run. It's 2-0 after 3. Domingo ends up going 8 in the third innings, and then it's Holmes and Peralta. Um, top of the ninth, you know, Naylor singles. Zanino walks. 
the Guardians all of a sudden ahead 3-2. The Yankees end up losing 3-2. Now, we'll get to that because I know that's the talking point right now. But Domingo Herman, we'll start on a positive. I thought he pitched very well and well enough for me to give Domingo um, a tip of the cap because I thought he was the best pitcher this series. This is the first series where Domingo Herman, where uh, Garrett Cole did not get a tip of the cap. He was 6 for 6. But he pitched this series and he didn't get it because Domingo Herman was excellent. Eight and a third innings, one run, six strikeouts, two hits, one walk, no home runs allowed, 88 pitches thrown, and he got the no decision. Again, we'll get to the Boone thing right after we recap this series. Um, but Domingo has looked good in his last couple starts. Um, he's been fine this year. He's been so-so. I, I've said it before. Of the three Yankee, you know, five starters that we have right now filling out the rotation, Domingo is is the one I'm least concerned about. Um, as we've said, I don't believe Clark Schmidt is a starting pitcher. Uh, Johnny Brito is it's just too inexperienced. But Domingo's a guy... Who's won 18 ball games for the Yankees? He he's been pitching well for them. He had a good season last year. He's he's been credible as a Yankee so far. Um, so I I think he's the bright spot outside of Garrett Cole. <laughs> you know, um, obviously Nestor, but Nestor's been struggling. So yeah, I I thought Domingo Herman pitched a very good. Um, game in the first game of this set. Now, he on the year is 2-2 two two with a 4-4-6 ERA. But the numbers look good. 34 innings pitched, 39 Ks, only 21 hits. It's the home run ball. Right? He loses command a lot, and that's why he's got 7 homers allowed on the year. That's why he he's always allowed a bunch. But Domingo Herman gets the game ball for the first game of this uh, game ball. Gets the tip of the cap for pitching really well in the first game of the set. Now, the Yankees in game 2 Turned it around and won because they lost the first game, despite him pitching well. And yeah, we'll talk about it. I promise. Um, let's see if I can find the right slide here. Game two, the Yankees lose. Uh, they lost this one four to two to Cleveland. You had Garrett Cole going up against some bum. Uh, top of the third, Josh Naylor doubles. Jimenez grounds out, run scores two nothing Cleveland. Bottom of the sixth, Anthony Volpe homers. Rizzo singles in a run. It's 2-2. Two two, tie game. Cole ends up going 6. Then it's Marinaccio, Peralta, and King for 3. Bottom of the 7th, Willie Calhoun goes deep. 3-2 to two Yankees. Bottom of the 8th, 4-2 to two Yankees after DJ LeMayu singles in a run. The Yankees win 4-2. to two. Garrett Cole wasn't sharp. Yet he still pitched a great game. He goes 6 innings, 2 runs. Um, he wasn't spotting the zone like he usually does. He missed a little bit. That led to three walks, a hit batter, and five hits. So nine base runners in six innings. Not Cole-like, but who really cares? Um, the Yankees won, and Garrett Cole, across seven starts, now has a 135 ERA. He actually just won the American League Starting Pitcher of the Month. Guy's on his way to a Cy Young. Uh, if he keeps this up, I would not be shocked, and nor should you. He's been carrying this Yankees team all season. He's been their best player. 
Um, he's always durable. Knock on wood, he's always out there. Uh, and he's dominating this year. The Yankees are 7-0 on Garrett Cole days. So that would make them under 500 on days when he doesn't pitch. Um, so that's game two of the set. And game three. Game three was, um, oh, this was interesting. It was a roller coaster. Ten inning, extra inning game here. The Yankees, uh, they win it four to three against the Guardians. Clark Schmidt starts against Shane Bieber. Top of the first, Josh Bell singles in a run. Jimenez singles in a run. Not great defense from the Yankees in this inning. Rizzo had a tough time at first. Uh, but it's two nothing Cleveland after one. Bottom of the fifth. Calhoun, another home run. Then it's Bowers. Jake Bowers hits a home run. He's been loud already. He's made a nice play before the injury. Came back, and now he hits a home run. Two to two Yankees after the bottom of the fifth. Top of the ninth comes. You had the Boone thing. Again, Marinaccio pitching well, pulled for Holmes, and it's 3-2 Cleveland all of a sudden. <laughs> bottom of the ninth, luckily, Calhoun singles, run scores, Trevino of course, hits the walk-off home run. Has a pretty funny interview on the field after. And the Yankees win 4-3. to three. Bats were quiet again. But uh, the one bat who hasn't been quiet of lately is Willie Calhoun. And I'm going to give Willie Calhoun, <laughs> believe it or not, my tip of the cap this series. It's been great. <laughs> He's been great lately, I should say. Uh, this series, he was 3-for-10. A uh, couple big ones. Listen, he's a scrap heap move. You know, we have all grown tired of those moves. Um, and it'll probably cool off any second now. I wouldn't even call this hot. But he's been hitting well the last week or so. Uh, hitting well to a point where he's got his numbers up to respectability for a, what I call, Dollar Tree player. But yeah, he hit two huge home runs in this series. And, you know, if you do that, you're getting the tip of the cap. The OPS is now up to, uh, what is it, 685? On the season, which, again, for a guy you just picked up, you know, to play a few games before you cut him, it's not bad. Not bad for Willie Calhoun. <laughs> uh, another guy who's going to get my tip of the cap in the bullpen is Ron Marinaccio. Pitched twice this series. Two and a third innings. No hits. No runs. Two strikeouts. And only needed 33 pitches. He looks great, man. He He's looked great all year. He had a great season last year. And he's continuing to dominate this year. Loves going to that changeup. He throws pretty hard. I like Ron Marinaccio. And I think this is the guy who should be the new closer. Um, so I thought he did a well, a very well job. Closing it last night until he didn't close. <laughs> until the game had to be extended. And, and I want to talk about that. So let's get to that part. I know we all want to talk about it. Uh, we'll head to break real briefly, and we'll get back and talk about this whole Clay Holmes, Aaron Boone shit. Because, you know, it, it's a conversation right now. Be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often, and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, 
but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, so welcome back to the show. And again, if you are, you know, if you can't handle criticism of your favorite team very well, now is the time you should probably skip this portion, this large portion of the show. Or just, you know, I don't want to tell you to turn this off because I appreciate you listening, but just brace yourselves because I'm going to go a little, you know, give my opinion a little bit. This Clay Holmes shit, the whole obsession to get guys right, as Boone likes to put it, it comes back to bite him, and I'm kind of happy it did two times this series. Uh, The first time, obviously, on on Monday night. It was Monday, wasn't it? Uh, The Yanks were up 2-0. Domingo is on his way to a complete game shutout with 88 pitches, one out into the ninth inning. He's cruising out there. Quick outs, easy at-bats, strikeouts, ground outs, outs, shallow flyouts. He gives up his second hit of the entire night. Base hit up the middle. And all of a sudden, following the 88th pitch of his night, out comes Boone. I think it was pathetic to pull the hot hand there. It's not something I would have done. I think you must ride that out. I'm a huge advocate for hot. But we know the Yankees don't believe in that. They, they're not believers in the hot hand. They've got a bunch of Ivy League nerds, Ivy League beta nerds, bossing Boone around. But okay, I think it's stupid, sucks, whatever, because at least you have your top guns ready and waiting. You can use the home run ball excuse with Hermont because you've got Mike King ready to go. Wande Peralta's in there. Ron Marinaccio is ready to go. And you've been going to some of those guys in the ninth inning recently anyway. But, no, this guy, instead of going to his weapons, goes to the guy who has an ERA over five since the middle of last season. The guy who has issued 58 base runners in 34 innings pitched since then, and I'm not even including last night where it got worse. A guy who can't throw that sinker effectively to the lefties. A guy who has blown countless saves, has hit countless batters, walks the park, I mean, allows nothing but traffic, allows runs, earned runs, inherited runs. Basically a guy who has become the new Aroldis Chapman. Guys get on, he becomes rattled. That is who he goes with. And every Yankees fan at the moment, at least every Yankees fan with two balls and a brain, I'll say, is fuming because they know exactly what's going to happen. And so what happens? Everything you expect to happen happened. Clay Holmes comes in, falls behind an account to Rosario. Rosario gets on with the infield chopper. Next batter up is Jose Ramirez. Holmes falls behind to him 2-0. Then he feeds him a sinker in which Ramirez lines to right field for a base hit. 
the bases are now loaded. Josh Naylor then takes the bat. Once again, Clay Holmes falls behind 2-0. At this point, he's thrown nothing but sinkers, so he gives Naylor another sinker, which he singled on to tie the game at two apiece. By then, Boone takes the walk of shame out to the mound, hears it from the Bronx, goes and pulls his buddy Clay Holmes. Peralta comes in. Peralta doesn't have it, walks a couple guys. The Guardians eventually take the lead. Bottom of the ninth comes, and the Yankees go down pretty feebly. One, two, three, with Torres, LeMayu, and, you guessed it, Aaron Hicks swinging through an off-speed. I don't know if I've ever seen, at least in the regular season from a Yankee manager, a decision that obvious and difficult to fuck up, fucked up like it was. I mean... Boone, he literally had two lifelines there. He had options to make sure he didn't fuck up, and he still did. One, you keep Herman in the game, which I think a lot of us wanted. But two, you can always go to one of your top three guns knowing that Clay Holmes hasn't been good in ten fucking months. <laughs> Listen, I know you're probably getting Boone's betas saying that Clay Holmes is the closer and the manager doesn't throw the pitches. Well, then first off, why is he there? If that's the case, then why would we give him credit when good things happen if he doesn't play the game? Because you guys do that all the time. You guys shield him with the whole 100 wins thing. You guys were directly jerking the guy off. But yeah, that's kind of the point. The guy has lost his closer role twice since the middle of last year. Once in the second half last season and already sort of this year. The literal job of a major league manager is to make critical in-game decisions. That is your job. And that was one. And that was one obvious one that he failed miserably on. So I know we you know we don't like to do that in today's modern age. We don't like to call a spade a spade, but sometimes it's not a bad thing, right? Clay Holmes at this point, I, I can't even get mad at him because he's only pitching to what they say the back of his baseball card. That's it. He's just never been that good. Yankees fans need to remember they got this guy from Pittsburgh and he had an ERA close to 7, close to 6, 5. He was never that good. Then he comes to the Yankees. Pitches well for 25 games or so. Has the first half of last year. And then from there, it's just been law of averages taking place. Regression to the mean. That's all it's been. So I don't even get mad at Clay Holmes anymore. He's just not that good. He's just not as talented as you guys think. Or as Boone thinks, I should say. He's not that one ERA guy. He's not a two ERA guy. He's a journeyman who came to New York City from the Pittsburgh market. And we glorified him because, you know, he pitched like Mariano for a stretch. So to me, that's on Boone. This is on Boone. Well, whoever the hell is is bitching Boone around, it's on them. It's on them. But you know what? Boone is still the manager. So again, if he gets the credit when they win, it is only fair he gets the criticism when they lose. That's how this works in life. I said it last Yankees episode that half the time, I'm not even sure if this guy is stupid or afraid. Is he incapable of making everyday managerial decisions? 
Or is he truly terrified of his analytics bosses that they're going to crack the whip on him if he goes his own route? Whether it's you know the four times through the order shit, matchups lefty-righty, if he's scared of the home run ball. It's it, To me, it's very over-exaggerated. Because if you're afraid of, of letting Ahmad Rosario, Ahmed Rosario, hitting a home run there, you're nuts. I mean, you want to talk analytics, this is the guy with the career slugging of 400. He averages maybe 10 home runs a year. His best home run season was when he hit 15, and that was in like 700 plate appearances. I just think it's ridiculous, the obsession with the numbers. It's fear over feel. Numbers over feel. This, that over feel. All of it is overanalyzing, overmanaging. It's gotten too far to me where there's just no balance now. You know, before it was ultra old school, now it's ultra new school. You got to have a balance between using analytics, but also going with your gut. And the Yankees far too often seem to just go right back to the overliable, which for them is going with the numbers. Hardcore numbers crunching. They've been doing that since 2018. And now they bring in this guy Fishman, who's only enabling this philosophy that much further. It's a joke. All of it's a joke. And then, <laughs> you get last night. One second. I gotta pause this. Take care of something real quick. Uh, right there. Alright. I have to take care of my laundry. The washer went off. Um, then you get a night like last night, which... <laughs> Oh, man, that was interesting. Uh, yeah, last night in Game 3 of the series, the game is tied at two apiece. And who comes in with two outs in the top of the ninth inning? That's right. After Ron Marinaccio is cruising through an inning and two-thirds, no base runners, just 23 pitches, you can't let him get that final one out. So what happens? Holmes comes in. Let's up the two base hits in a run, and suddenly it's three to two Cleveland. And better yet, for some reason, you know, this team with this gigantic payroll has trouble, real trouble finding major league outfielders to play the outfield. So we've got to go with these infielders in left field. And IKF is out there in left field looking like a mess. That should have been Bader's ball. Oswaldo Cabrera, who's another infielder, by the way, is at least the everyday left fielder for us this year, and he's been solid out there. You'd think he would have been in the game at that point as a late-game defensive replacement over IKF, the former shortstop third baseman. But no, Cabrera's sitting on the bench because Boone wants to give him, you know, get him off his feet a full day, right? It's just it's it's just obvious to me. It's so obvious that this guy can't run the New York Yankees. Like I know he's not the main problem, but I feel like he's better off managing some garbage small market organization because he's nice to his guys and he wants to get them going, get their confidence up, get them right. Like he can do all that when you're playing meaningless baseball games. But this is the Yankees. We're not trying to get guys going. Get them confidence, experience. Uh, toy around and see what, you know, we're not trying to do all that. We're trying to get out of the basement here and win some goddamn games first and foremost. 
it's kind of bullshit that, that he has to keep going to his guy because he either wants to help his narrative and prove a point that he's a good pitcher or get his confidence up. Whatever it is, it's horse shit. And the worst yet, Boone said twice in his post game this series that there is no hesitation going back to Clay. If that doesn't terrify you, I don't know what should. Because it shows you where their mindset is. We need a win, period. The only thing he should be worrying about is is how can I put the best guy out there to, to earn us this win? Because the Yankees are in last place. Don't care what month it is either. You people say early all the time. Every year, you say early, early. But you weren't saying early when the Yankees were hot last year. The Yankees won the division last season because of their hot start. They played 500 ball from June 30th on. Maybe worse. So, bottom line, no matter what month it is, you want to win. The Yankees aren't exactly winning right now. They're two games above 500. For this organization, that's not great. And this organization is not in a great spot. I think anybody can say that. It's really not in a great spot. Um, They just, they have no feel for anything. They've gone too far. And there is zero accountability. And there won't be. And they know this. And that's an issue. You know, the whole fire boon, fire cashman shit has just become so goddamn pointless. And we all say it. I say it. I get it. But you sit down, you think about it, it's pretty pointless. Because these guys know they're safe. They've got the best job security in the world. Hal will never sell because he's making money on $30 chicken. Cashman will never get fired because he's practically family with the Steinbrenners. And Boone is sticking around too because he's their little puppet that does and says everything they want. It's all tied together, man. So there really is no point in crying and complaining and all that. Yet we do. But if you want to make an impact, maybe protest outside the stadium. Don't go to games. I don't know. I still go. Because to me, it's not that serious at the end of the day. Because I enjoy going to the ballpark with family and friends and having a good time. So I guess I'm part of the problem. But at the end of the day, these guys... Boone, Cashman, how they're they're not doing their jobs the way they can be. You know? But doesn't matter. Because they are safe. They can do anything they want. Boone can keep going to Clay Holmes in the ninth. He can back keep batting Calhoun fourth and fifth. He can play Wandy Peralta in center field if he wanted to. It wouldn't matter. He'd still be safe. That's the problem. I think when you have that assurance that your job is safe, you tend to care a little less because there's no pressure, no risk, no penalty or accountability for the mistakes you make. It's kind of like when you put your two weeks notice in, you don't give a fuck. (laughs) All you need to do is listen to Cashman address the media yesterday in the dugout and it said enough. Like if you missed it, don't worry because it was the same thing every time. Bunch of Yankee jargon. They blame injuries. Whole lot of nothing. Nonsense. Speak in circles. You know, this team could finish below 500, miss the playoffs, and I still think they'll blame injuries. It's, it's diabolical. It's evil. In a normal world, without politics, ego, and behind-the-scenes shit, like these guys aren't here. 
You think if I told you there was an unnamed baseball team with an unnamed general manager who continuously built that roster with a 250 to $300 million payroll every year, and each time that roster came up short, that guy would get an extension? You believe me? <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> they will do anything but hold themselves accountable. I mean, just look back to what happened two, was it two years ago? The Yankees fired every single guy in the coaching staff outside of Aaron Boone. How about bringing in an executive to help out Cashman this past winter? Fishman. They'll do anything but the big move that needs to be done. I'm telling you. You know, I was bitching about this all on Twitter the other day, which I eventually ended up logging out because I caught myself arguing again. But, yeah, I was bitching about the Yankees on Twitter. And, you know, fucking one of uh, Cashman's cucks came in to be the white knight and replied. Trying to defend him. And I stopped replying to him because I just can't deal with that level of incompetence and blindness. Um, that level of stupidity anymore. It's just my brain can't handle it. I, I, I like... It almost makes me stupid reading stupidity. But it's, I'm sitting here, I'm just like, how could anybody defend this? $300 million on what? The Donaldson deal? That was atrocious. You could have easily non-tendered Gary. Urshela would still be here, and he's been doing solid over there, wherever he is. Twins, Angels, he's been solid for any team he went to. But now we're paying big money to Josh Donaldson, who's old, washed up, injury prone. We've got IKF, who isn't a major leaguer, let alone an outfielder, and he's doing both. And, you know, some, some fake catcher who hasn't even stepped into the dugout, let alone on the field, since he's been here. We don't even know if this guy's real. All that deal did was make this roster clunky. That's it. Then he trades for Frankie Montes, Scott F. Ross, and Lou Trevino, who all end up getting surgery. So we won't see any of them this year. Benintendi, too, got surgery, by the way. <laughs> Who ended up walking. He mysteriously trades solid pitching depth and Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. And I love Bader. We all do. The postseason Bader was great. But it's another guy who gets hurt every single year. He was hurt when they got him. He got hurt again to start this season. By the way, he just got back, and then he got hurt last night. I think he's okay, but I don't know. The Rodon deal, another guy. Now he's hurt again. Shocker. So, how could like Cashman made his bed by acquiring washed-up players for big money and players who've been getting hurt all their careers or all of recent years prior to being with the Yankees? It's been six years now of that same exact shit. 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. Six years in a row of the same thing. And here Cashman is getting extended just like Boone was two years ago. So when you ask me, hey, Robert, why are you so down on the Yankees all the time? <laughs> well, at this point, the only response I have is why do you keep asking me the same question year after year? Think about that. Maybe there's a reason you've repeated that same question. Shit, try shelling out 300-something dollars as a broke college student to watch your team get walloped in a 17-1 playoff game to Boston 
or your starting pitcher doesn't even know what time he's scheduled to pitch or what day he's scheduled to pitch, whatever the fucking case was. This organization has hit a low point. I'm telling you, it's been pretty bad. Maybe I shouldn't say hit a low point, but they've, they've hit a point where you, you they've, they've hit a low point in the last like decade. It's probably one of their low points since the Lyle Overbay years. So now the Yankees have Tampa up next. Seven games against Tampa this month. They've got three at the Trop this weekend, and then later on this month, four at the stadium. And if the Yankees don't do damage against this Tampa team this month, I think you can kiss the division goodbye. How do you expect to be this far behind come mid-May with this roster and really not that much help coming back to save you? Because remember, as far as the lineup goes, that's been the issue. The pitching has held its own so far. And we're going to get guys back there, but the lineup has been brutal with or without health. Judge was here. The lineup wasn't hitting. Stanton was here. It was mediocre. So I don't know that there's much that there's much you can really do. Um, I'm not saying the division is over yet, but there's a chance it could be over by the end of the month. Um, now ask me about the World Series. <laughs> this is the farthest I see this team from being a World Series contender. I mean, this I, I was I'm like. You compare this team with last year's team, it makes last year's team seem like the 98 Yankees or whatever the fuck that was. Like, like it's, it's, no, this team isn't doing it. I could tell you that right now. So let's head to break, wrap it up with our trivia when we get back. Stay with us. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to BD4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Alright, welcome back to the show. Episode 420 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. So let's wrap this up with our trivia question, and then that'll be that. Told you guys this wasn't going to be the most positive episode, despite taking two or three. I'm just, I'm a big picture guy. All right, let's get to our trivia. All right. So, for this episode, our NYYNYK MMA trivia question of the day is... What year was it the last time the Yankees were the lone last place team after April? (laughs) Okay. What year was it the last time the Yankees were the lone last place team after April? And that's it. That's all I have. So, hopefully things turn around. Not 100% sure they will. Not 50% sure they will. I would say there's a good... uh, In terms of of turnaround, I would say... I mean, like... 
a team that can become dominant again, yeah, I would say that's like a 30-70 chance. I don't see it. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic for the sixth consecutive year, right? All right, that's it. Thanks. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.